Hi there, and welcome to Process, a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. This episode is all about Ashley Gad, a photographer, blogger, and mama based out of California. A little over a year ago, she launched a collaborative blog about motherhood, which is called Coffee and Crumbs, and it reaches hundreds of thousands of parents all over the world every single month. I found this website a few months before becoming a mommy myself, and it's helped me a ton throughout this crazy journey. I'm excited to talk to Ashley about how she juggles her different projects, what it was like to get Coffee and Crumbs off the ground, and which project is her absolute favorite. Let's get to it. Ashley, it's awesome to have you on Process. Welcome, Ashley, to Process. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've made this transition from photographer to writer. And, and, and you know, you run a blog, a collaborative <laughs> blog now, and there's a lot going on. Um, pretty busy. Yes. Yeah. With two little ones running around. So <laughs> two little ones. Yes. Yeah. I have a three and a half year old and an almost one year old. So, so my, my hands are pretty full. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Tell me a little bit about how you've made each transition in your career and sure. what, how you manage it all now. So I went to college at UC Davis and got my degree in communication. And all throughout college, I thought I was going to go into marketing and PR. That's what I was interested in. Those are the jobs that I pursued straight out of college. Me too. Really? (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I graduated in 2008 and I worked for two and a half to three years, kind of just dabbling in like marketing and PR communication type jobs. And the last kind of corporate job that I was working at was at a hotel in downtown Sacramento. And I was the marketing and PR manager there. I managed all of the social media and all of the kind of insight on-site marketing for the hotel and the restaurant. And around that time, I had been blogging for a little while and sort of dabbling in photography on the side. And I think... At that point, once I had been working for the hotel for about a year, my side hustle was sort of becoming like all consuming. I felt like I was just working all the time. I'd go to work and work all day and then come home and work all night on my blog and my side photography business. And I just felt like my days were really, really full to the brim and like not in a good way. I started to feel really burnt out on everything. I started to feel like I wasn't giving my all to anything anymore. And I started just growing really unhappy in that. That was around the same time that my husband and I were talking about having children. And we sort of came to this like aha place at the end of the summer and decided that I was going to approach my current employer and ask if I could cut down to part-time hours and work as an independent contractor instead of staying on full-time. And then that would hopefully free up some time to pursue some of the freelance work that I wanted to do. All the meanwhile, hopefully while having a baby. So this was around four years ago, is that correct? Yeah. Gosh, I can't do the math. I think so. Yeah. This was in like 2011 um, is when I left my corporate job. So yeah, about four years ago. So 2011, uh, I went to my employer and basically had drawn up kind of a proposal of wanting to work part-time from home, essentially as an independent contractor. They thankfully said yes to that idea. And I sort of just transitioned out of my like full-time corporate job into more of a flexible 
independent contractor position. So when I did that, I was able to kind of step up my game with my blog. I was able to write more. I was able to really pursue my photography business and grow it. And then that was around the same time that I got pregnant with my first baby. So it was great because I got to spend my whole pregnancy just working from home on the couch, eating Cheetos for nine months. And that was really nice. <laughs> that I've, been, I've, bon- I've been through morning sickness and that sounds like heaven. <laughs> yeah. I was so lucky not to get morning sickness with either of my pregnancies, which resulted in me just eating a lot of Cheetos. So that was my pregnancy. I'm a little um, jealous so right I, now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Cheetos sound pretty good right about now. I should have gotten a snack before this. <laughs> So yeah, after I had my first baby, I pulled back on the independent contractor position with the hotel and then started Ashley Ad Creative, which is my current business under which I run all of my creative endeavors. And I've been working for myself ever since. So since that point, I've really grown both my personal blog and my photography business. And then Last year in 2014, I launched a collaborative blog about motherhood called Coffee and Crumbs. And that now is kind of at the top of my priority list that consumes most of my time, most of my working hours. And that is the thing I am the most excited about growing at this point in my career. That's where I found you. Um, actually. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I actually found that blog a few months before the baby was born. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. So, yeah, I I love the work. I mean, being from Nicaragua, it's hard to find. Obviously, the internet makes things accessible. Sure. But it was hard for me to find content like that. I don't know how you would describe Coffee and Crumbs compared to other writing about motherhood. I feel like there's something on your website on that site that describes it as kind of like the good kind of heartache I don't know if is that what it says something I might be messing up that quote but yeah yeah um, the good kind of heartache and I that's such a hard it's such a hard thing to explain in words I just think of it as more of a feeling that good kind of heartache it's sort of just that nostalgic you know loving someone so much you just can't even breathe and that's how I feel about my kids and that's Yeah, just kind of what I mean by the good kind of heartache. You mentioned to me earlier before we started recording that you are self-taught photographer. How was that? How did you manage that back? I mean, how many years ago was that that you started self-teaching? Gosh, I think I got my first DSLR maybe in 2010, 2009, 2010. And I originally just wanted to take better pictures for my blog. That's kind of what got me into it. I was blogging at the time and I... I knew that if I wanted my blog to be pretty, (laughs) I was going to have to have pretty images for it. And that's sort of what like sparked my interest. And then when I got pregnant and I had my first son, obviously my, my interest grew even more so personally of like wanting to take better photos of my own family and our personal life. My husband and I traveled to Greece before I got pregnant. I wanted to take beautiful pictures while we were there. So I sort of had a lot of personal motivation. And then I kind of just fell into taking pictures of other people. Um, a couple of people asked me to do it. I did it for free a few times. I really enjoyed it. I like being around other people. Um, At that point when I was just working from home, I felt like my photo shoots were kind of my human interaction when I got to really engage with other adults. And I don't know, it just became really fun for me. I liked the client interaction there. And so, yeah, I just started, I don't even know, watching YouTube videos, reading articles online, just figuring it out as best I could, practicing a lot. 
I was really bad when I first started. Really, really bad. I still wouldn't say that I'm super great now, but I've definitely come a really long way from where I used to be. So I'm asking you this because there's, um, I know that when you learn something online or something like that, with something like photography, where the so far, like the traditional way with photography has been to go to school or take, I don't know, some kind of lessons. And it takes a certain kind of confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to kind of learn this on my own, kind of put it, throw it together and see what happens and not really compare yourself to the quote unquote pros. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious how you were kind of convinced yourself <laughs> that it's okay that you didn't, yeah. you know, go to school for it or right. whatever. And the output or the result is what's important. I'm, I'm curious about that. I would say that I probably struggle with my own self-doubt more than the average not self-taught photographer. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's how I feel. That's my perception. I definitely struggle with self-doubt a lot because I am self-taught. Um, okay, so you so do feel it. You just that, manage oh, it. I feel it. Girlfriend, I feel it. I would say, I mean, even now today, and I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the photos that I've taken. I'm proud of my photo shoots. I'm proud of my photography website. But I would say still today, even today, I show up at my photo shoots and I have like a mild panic attack in the parking lot before I meet with my clients. Because but you manage it. I manage it. Yeah. I mean, I, I fake it until I make it. And I think I can put a smile on my face. And I don't want to say act like I know what I'm doing. I generally do know what I'm doing. But I think I have let my lack of technical knowledge get in my head a lot. But I will say I think that a lot of my confidence comes from having a good eye. And I think that that's sort of what I lean on. What I lack in technical knowledge, I make up for in good instinct and having a good eye. And I think that any ounce of confidence that I have in my photography comes more from that than from the technical knowledge. When it comes to technical knowledge, I doubt myself a lot. When it comes to having a good instinct or having a good eye, I think I feel a lot more confident in that. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes total sense. And I'm curious how you kind of talk yourself down from that mild <laughs> panic attack in the parking lot, because clearly oh. you get out of the car and you get it done. I do. I get out of the car and I just show up anyways. I think just, I love talking to people and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a work at home mom. I'm home a lot. I'm home with my kids a lot. I'm now in a place in my, in my photography career where when I go out on a photo shoot, that is like game day, like my game face is on. Um, so it's, it's easier to talk myself down because I know this is my time to shine. Like this is the time that I'm going to go and interact with other adults. And this is my, this is my work face, if you will. There are no um, Cheetos here. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I spend a lot of time on the computer. I spend a lot of time alone writing. I spend a lot of time working from a coffee shop. But when I'm out with my clients, that's really my, that's my work time, like my time to shine. So I think I don't know. I don't know how I do it. I don't know if I'm doing it well, but I, I do manage to get out of the car every time. So It sounds like you thrive uh, when, when you're in those moments. Yeah. I like to, I just love to talk and interact with people and I try to make my photo shoots kind of fun and lighthearted and I like to have a lot of conversations during that time and get to know the family really well and I want them to know me well and I kind of look at it as like a time to foster a friendship, if you will, for one hour while we take pictures. And I think that that helps, you know, I have to kind of force myself to be an extrovert for an hour and that helps. So how do you make the jump from self-taught photographer and, and writer to, I'm going to run a collaborative blog around motherhood Oh, and managing uh, writers and yeah. editing? 
I had the idea for coffee and crumbs in the shower one day. I do all of my best thinking in the shower. And I I can't explain it any other way other than I suddenly felt a pressing need to do this. So just deep down in my soul, I just felt this like pressing need to create this space. And I got out of the shower and sent the email to a handful of women who I knew who liked to write. And it was born like that day. I mean, and then I just, yeah, haven't stopped since then. So I I don't know. It just, it came out of, it came out of a real pressing need within me to make this space. And I, yeah, I have nothing but love and passion for it at this point. So I know a good friend of mine says that he's a life coach and I consult with him way more than I, I mean, I should pay this person. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that he told me recently is, and I feel, I don't feel so guilty in sharing this because I actually did pay for this workshop (laughs) where he explained this, where he talks about how whenever we want to take a wish and make it into reality, we make a commitment. So you made a commitment to create this. Uh Um, And to do that, he described two kinds of development that needs to happen. Exterior development and interior development. Exterior development being, I'm going to register the domain name. I'm going to email these ladies. I'm going to decide on Squarespace and, you know, whatever template and all this kind of stuff. The interior development is, you know, all of the skills, not only facing fears and self-doubt, but in In addition, learning how to level up your skills that Mm -hmm. this project requires. Mm -hmm. So maybe like managing the editors. I mean, is that something Mm -hmm. that you did before or is that something that you kind of had to learn on the fly? So I used to help with a magazine called The Violet Online. It was an online magazine. And that was probably the only other similar role I've ever been in as far as like managing people's content online. But that wasn't my project or my Like my hand was stamped on it, but I didn't own it. So there was a difference for me. And I think with Coffee and Crumbs, it's definitely forced me into a leadership role that I didn't fully understand before I got started, if that makes any sense. And now there's no choice but to continue. (laughs) There's no choice but to continue. Yeah. I don't really know where I was going with that other than to say that um, I was just, I was thinking about what you said about the exterior and the interior. And yeah, I think that the, the exterior stuff, you know, like you said, we had to create the website, make the calendar, figure out the photos, kind of all that stuff. And then the interior. Yeah. I think a lot of what happened in the very beginning was figuring out what I was in charge of and because it was my thing and I was starting it, all of the writers committed to writing once a month, but didn't really commit to anything else at that point. So there was a lot that was on my plate that I don't think I fully like understood before committing to it. And, and it's, it takes a lot to get that stuff done, especially when it's coming at you and yeah. you're not sure what, what it takes to complete yeah. it. And what I, yes. what I wanted to say with this whole exterior versus interior development is that I've realized that in my own projects, The reason where some have failed or have not necessarily failed, but like folded before time or for whatever reason I've decided to close up shop Mm -hmm. or move on has usually been because of a lack of interior development. And it seems like Mm -hmm. you're thriving on the interior development. That's what it sounds like from your, you know, photography and your, and coffee and crumbs and everything, plus balancing all this. And I want to ask you, how do you manage to work at home with two littles? who are not yet in school. And one of your, your, your oldest is starting, right? 
My oldest just started preschool, which is such a joke because it's two mornings a week for three hours. And by the time you drop them off and then go to the coffee shop and then have to leave to pick them up, you really have two hours and 20 minutes, which is not very much time. But I manage as best I can. I don't do it perfectly. I feel really unbalanced a lot of the time. I've tried to get better about owning the fact that I need childcare. I pushed against that for a long time or I felt guilty for a long time about needing to bring in outside help to do this. But once I launched Coffee and Crumbs, it was sort of, it was just evident that I needed, I needed more help and I wasn't going to get by with just working for an hour during nap time every day that I needed more hours than that. So don't even tell me that because that's where I'm at right now. (laughs) You know, enjoy it while you can. When you have one kid that takes a nap, you can definitely get a lot more done, a lot more done than I I can do now. I have one kid that doesn't nap and one kid that has unpredictable naps and I can't I can't really count on any time every day. That's sort of where I'm at. So, it was great to be able to bring in. I now have a babysitter that comes to the house two to three mornings a week and that has made the world of difference in just having kind of my set work hours. I think before I was really scattered in that I could only, I was only ever working in the fringe hours of the day. So I was working five minutes here, 15 minutes here, half an hour here, one hour at night before bed. And I was never getting in the groove of things. You know, I, I'm learning this about myself that I need to be able to sit down and work for three hours at a time to be able to really feel like I'm getting anything done. And then I still am still working in those five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute spurts throughout the day as I can. But I definitely am a person that needs like a chunk of time to feel like I'm able to get settled into my work. That's interesting because, you know, my husband was asking me this morning, uh, he was like, you know, when are you going to upload the next podcast? And I was like, no, 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 I have to, I'm doing it right now. He's like, what? <laughs> and we're feeding the child like waffles uh-huh. while uh-huh. he's watching a little TV. It's super oh, bad, yes. but I needed to upload the episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. I And I got it done within like five or 10 minutes. And, but other times, like you said, the block of time is important. Yeah, it really is. I also, I mean, I work a lot during the day when I'm home with my kids. I just, I have to. I have more work than I have hours of childcare. But I love, Sarah Bessie wrote an article about this a while back. Um, I can't remember the title of it, but it was all about letting your children see you work and how, you know, way back when kids would watch their parents kind of run the household or run the farm or run all of the chores and all of the work that needed to be done that day. And since then, we've shifted into this culture where moms aren't supposed to be on their iPhones and we're not supposed to have our laptops open during the day or whatever. And I just, I don't believe in that. I, of course, don't believe in ignoring your children. I play with my children a ton. I'm home with them. I'm taking care of them all day. But if my kids see me on the computer for half an hour while they're watching Elmo, like I'm not bothered by that. You know, I want my kids to see me work. I want them to know that I work. I've gotten in the habit of saying every time I leave for a photo shoot, mommy's going to work just because I want my, I want my boys to know that, you know, I'm not just out, I don't know, doing whatever, you know, I'm out, I'm working and I'm, you know, I'm pursuing these creative endeavors that are able to financially contribute to our family. And I want my kids to grow up knowing that that's what I'm doing. So it's kind of up to me at this point, because my kids are so little to make those statements and make sure they know they know what I'm doing if I'm ignoring them for 10 minutes to answer an email or whatever. And does it apart from the kids and the family time, does it feel a little lonely in the sense of your creative time? 
you know, because I know some people get together. I live in Nicaragua, so I'm very isolated yeah. when it comes to, you know, meeting up with somebody for a coffee and each of us writing or, sure. you know, I crave that kind of time, which is ah. PS kind of why I created this podcast. So we yeah. can connect. <laughs> um, yeah, love that. How do you manage that creative need for, you know, kind of communion? Sure. Well, the Coffee and Crumbs team is definitely, I feel like we operate and function as a team. And there are a lot of members of that team. Like the writers are members. I have um, my girl, Brittany, who runs the shop. And we have people who help with our social media pages and profiles. And my husband's a really big part of managing the Coffee and Crumbs technical all of the technical stuff. So I definitely feel like there are people who are in it with me. I use an app called Voxer on my phone. It's kind of like a voicemail app. So it, my friend Leslie introduced me to it. She loves to leave long voicemails and I used to be completely anti-voicemail. I mean, completely. Like I would never, ever, ever leave anyone a voicemail. I would rather just call you five times and have you see five missed calls on your phone than have to actually talk into a voicemail. But I have since become a convert because my friend Leslie moved to Santa Barbara and this has been a great way for us to keep in touch. So we use this app. You can talk up to 15 minutes per message and you can leave like several at a time. Wow. So that's been really great for us. I don't know, maybe you could get it too if you have like friends who live all over. It's been so beneficial because for us, we're both in different, you know, we both have different like working hours. We have babysitters during different hours. Our kids are in school different hours. We have mops on different days and we're kind of just always, it's hard to connect on the phone and find a time that works for both of us to talk to each other. And then chances are when we are talking to each other, there's always kids screaming and crying in the background. So Voxer has been great because we are able to just carve out like if we have five minutes, 10 minutes, if I'm in the kitchen during nap time making lunch and it's quiet, I can talk for 10 minutes. And that's been great for us to keep in touch. So I actually use Voxer with a lot of the Coffee and Crumbs writers and we're able to talk and brainstorm. And I do feel connected in that way. I don't get to see them all face to face, but I do feel like we get to talk back and forth, which is like slightly more intimate than emailing all of the time. So I really enjoy getting to hear everybody's voices. And then my friend Christina and I, we have share babysitter on the same day. We work in different we work differently for different things, but we co-work at a coffee shop like once a week together. So I do get a little bit of co-working time with a friend, which is really fun for me. Yeah, I, I actually do voice notes on iMessage. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's uh, my best friend lives in uh, Miami and okay. she receives way too many voice fails. <laughs> but they're not 15 minutes at a time. I'm like, this is efficient. Maybe I should yes. check out Boxer. Yes, I know. Well, it's funny because I have some friends that love to talk for a really long time on Boxer and my one, um, one of our writers, I won't name any names in case this embarrasses her. I don't know that it would, but yeah, she'll leave me like 45 minutes worth of messages at once. And I don't know, it's fun. So in the morning, I have something to listen to. If I don't have like a podcast to listen to, I can take the kids for a walk and listen to a message from a friend while I walk around the neighborhood. It's really cool. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I uh, I will look forward to having like five or six voice notes from my bestie. Yeah. And it's time for like the baby to have some milk or something. I'm like, oh, yeah. three minutes. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. I wanted to ask you, Ashley, about... I have gotten a very strong vibe uh, through, you know, reading and following the Coffee and Crumbs blog for, uh-huh. you know, over a year now. Very infused with faith. Uh-huh. How do you feel that faith... And it's, and it's not just your articles. Um, I would say most of the writers. Yeah. They're, how has that affected or helped or, you know, brought you all together? 
in terms of creating this space for, for mamas? I think that, so when I first set out to create Coffee and Crumbs, I really felt like the calling that I felt, like the pressing need that I felt to create this space came from God. Like I really felt like I was being called to do this for like his glory and for his ministry. And while Coffee and Crumbs is not branded by any means as a Christian blog, I definitely view I'm the one running it and I view Coffee and Crumbs as a ministry. So I've basically given all of the writers free reign to talk about their faith in whatever capacity they choose as often or as not often as they like. And my hope with Coffee and Crumbs is that by not branding us as a Christian blog, that we wouldn't perhaps turn away people who have conflicting feelings about religion or conflicting feelings about faith. I think that a lot of the time, Christian blogs attract a Christian audience. And I didn't want our blog to only attract a Christian audience. I wanted our blog to be a place that anybody could come and read. And my hope and my prayer for Coffee and Crumbs has always been that I would love for our space to be a place that just plants seeds. So I would love for Coffee and Crumbs to be a place where people can I mean, I don't know, maybe hear about God for the very first time or hear about God in a new way that maybe opens their heart a little bit more towards him if their heart had previously been turned away. And I just want, I want our platform to just be open to everyone. And I want our writers to feel comfortable to share all aspects of their faith, even if maybe they're struggling with their faith or we've had, April has written about her faith a few times in the context of going through a miscarriage or going through something really hard and how that was hard on her faith and what that looked like with her faith. And I think those stories are so, so incredibly powerful. And that, yeah, that is, that is my, my hope for Coffee and Crumbs is that we would be a place for those stories. And, you know, none of us are perfect. We are all sinners and saved by the grace of Christ. And I would love for that message to come out in our writing in more of a subtle, not so in your face type of way. Like, I don't want us preaching to people. I don't feel like we're qualified to preach to people. I just want us to be able to share how God is working like in our hearts as mothers. I would say that you're succeeding because I got that vibe. (laughs) I definitely got that vibe. I love hearing that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I I share all of that with you in your articles. And I I hope that for all the mamas and the dads out there, um, (laughs) anybody will check out Coffee and Crumbs. I've sent the many links, many, many links to my my mama friends. I'm so blessed by how much we've just grown um, organically. It like continues to amaze me. And I'm just, yeah, I'm really thankful. That's the highest compliment you can give me or Coffee and Crumbs is to share our content with other people. So thank you. (laughs) Are you planning to, are you planning to transition a little away or change the percentage of time that you dedicate on your, uh, on Coffee and Crumbs versus photography? Or is that always going to stay the same? Well, to be perfectly blunt, Coffee and Crumbs is not currently really making money yet. And my photography business is making money. So I have to keep doing photography to pay for the babysitter that watches my kids, which allows me to work on Coffee and Crumbs. So So this leads me to a very (laughs) research-driven question. Sure. Go for it. How research, personal research, (laughs) how do you feel about working on or dedicating time away from the family and the kids Uh on a project that is not currently making money, but is important to you? 
because I know that a lot of creative mamas out there sure. want to continue creating. Yeah. And unless there's a dollar coming in for it, yeah. have inner resistance to that. And I'm not saying that that's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm a big believer in create, you know, sure. uh, it needs sure. to come out of you. It, it's something is being called uh, to for you to create, but sure. it's definitely an obstacle that mamas face. Yeah. So I'm wondering how you face that for personal research. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, for personal research, two things come to mind. One is that I know for me personally, I am a much better and more patient and more loving mother when I feel like my creative needs are being met. That really does fill up my personal tank, which gives me more energy. I feel more inspired. I feel more energized after I'm doing work that I'm excited about. And that totally translates into my into my mothering. The second thing I would say is that I, and in the past, I've worked on things and worked on projects where they required me to spend more time away from my kids. And maybe I didn't feel this strongly about it. But I would say right here in the here and the now, I really feel like God has placed the calling of coffee and crumbs on my heart. And I feel like that is a call that I am, that I, I want to listen to. So I think that a lot of times God can God can call us into different areas of serving or different areas of creativity and to not listen to that and to deny those gifts and to deny that opportunity to glorify him. I would be more worried about that than I am about not spending two hours with my kids on a Tuesday morning. So that's that's just me. That's that's where I fall. That's where I land on that issue. I would also say that in the grand scheme of my kids' lives and my time at home, I am still with my children the vast majority of the time. I have a couple of mornings carved out a week that I'm able to work, but they are still my top priority. They are still my my main hours during the day are still very much going to them. That's that's a beautiful way of putting it. And I for you know the personal research. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll remember that next time and I'll yeah. pass that along to the other creative mamas out there I know that struggle with similar inner resistance. Yeah, um, it's so hard to give yourself it's so hard to give yourself permission to do that. It really is. I have struggled with it. Um it's not that I feel no guilt or anything as it pertains to that. I still have days or mornings, you know, I've had Carson had really bad separation anxiety, my youngest, and there was a period of a couple months where it was really hard to to leave him. But at the same time, I mean, if he had his way, I'd be with him every waking minute of the day, like holding him every waking minute of the day. And, you know, I, I can't I can't do that physically or mentally, to be honest. So it's good to give yourself permission to have a break to do something that is making you a better person. And especially if you're if you're serving the needs of others. I mean, I really think that for me, like knowing that Coffee and Crumbs is hopefully helping other moms in their day to day, giving other moms like something to read and to look forward to and to relate to, something that makes them feel less alone. I feel such a strong desire to continue doing that for those people. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm I'm rambling. <laughs> no, I think it makes perfect sense, and and I it sounds like you've even if you say that you've struggled with that in the past, it sounds like you've you know, turn the corner on it. And I think that managing that in Brene Brown terms, I'm a big yeah. Brene fan, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, getting curious about where those emotions come from. Sure. It's yeah. so important. And it, and it sounds like you've tackled that, even if it, you know, sure. it might come out from, from time to time. I'm personally in the, 
in that separation anxiety period and my back hurts. <laughs> so hard. It's so hard. It, it is. It prefers me over anyone else and it's so sweet and it's so flattering and it just warms my heart and it's also so exhausting. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you, my arms are so buff. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, mom straight. That is a thing. Yeah. I wanted to ask you what a creative low looks like for you. And I, and I know that that comes across as like a, a depressing question, but it's not yeah, okay. in it, because creative highs are so great. They might not be that come across that often, but I feel like creative lows are the ones that tend to scar us more often. You know, yeah. how, what is that? And what would that look like for you? Would that be a kind of like a, a lack of, you know, self-confidence or ideas at a photo shoot or with an article or lack of sales? Sorry. Or is it more, you know, I'm not sure. What, what does a creative low look like for you? I have two creative lows. Number one is feeling completely uninspired. Number two is feeling completely full of doubt. And I go back and forth between my struggle with the two. Usually when I'm feeling uninspired, I like to just switch gears. So if I'm feeling really uninspired with my writing. I'm having really bad writer's block. I just take a time out and I completely switch to photography. And then I'll just work on photography, do a new photo shoot, take new photos of my kids, try to learn a new thing with photography, try to pursue something different with that. And then once I get burnt out on that or feel uninspired with that, then I switch back to writing. I try to just go between the two. When I'm feeling burnt out or uninspired with one, I just switch to something else. If I feel completely uninspired, by both of those things, I throw myself into my house. I'll just like reorganize something, redecorate something. I just try to, I always try to find a new creative thing to focus on if I'm feeling uninspired. I don't tend to just like shut down and not do anything. I try to just like do something different. As far as like being filled with self-doubt, that's something I struggle with regularly. I mean, I don't have lows, what I would describe as a low very often, but when I do, I try to Usually to get out of something like that, I have an email folder that I've saved like every nice email I've ever gotten from a blog reader or a Coffee and Crumbs reader. I have saved all of those emails. I actually have a document that um, after we just did our last reader survey with Coffee and Crumbs, I pulled all of the extra comments out of the spreadsheet and put them into a Word doc. And it's basically just a bunch of really nice things that people have said about Coffee and Crumbs. And I try to just read that stuff when I'm having a really, really bad low point where I'm doubting everything, doubting the point of everything. And is anyone reading this? Does this matter to anyone? I try to just find the truths that are hiding in my email and hiding on my computer and find those and read them and try to remind myself that it does matter. It does matter what we're doing. I, I actually have a feel good box. That's what I call yes. it. It's, it's a folder on my computer now. I take screenshots of yes. tweets and you know, all kinds of stuff and put them in there. I forget to look at it though. I know. I know. I usually only remember when I'm having like a really, really bad time. <laughs> Or I have something new to add. I'm like, oh, look at that. I, I, I remember now. Not yeah. I love that you call it a feel-good box. I should rename mine. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, glad to contribute. Yeah, feel-good boxes are, are the best. But I, I seriously need, like, I usually rely on systems. Like, every, that sounds so nerdy. Uh, once <laughs> a week, I'll, I'll put, like, a reminder in my phone so that every Saturday I'll write a wrap-up of the week. And I yeah. just have kind of like what went well and what went yeah. poorly in my personal life and then in my projects. And I think I need a reminder to look at the feel-good box. Yeah, that's a really good reminder. Maybe every I love, Sunday. I just started using um, – do you follow Elise Kripe? 
No, I do not. Who is this? She she is amazing. I just like look up to her. She is my hero. She just launched a new day planner called the Get to Work Book. And I love because at the end of the month, there's a little thing that you fill out that has like last month's wins. And I've loved that process of sitting down at the end of the month and thinking about like what went well the previous month. I'm not the type of person that normally would write that kind of stuff out, but I have found it to be so inspiring. And yeah, I just, I love so motivating to sit down and think about what went really well last month, things you're supposed to let go of things you can work on to improve the next month. I just like love that whole practice. That's awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look her up. You should look her up. Yeah, you would love her. (laughs) I would link this in the show notes if anybody wants to, to look her up as well. So tell me, Ashley, what do you feel is next for you and Coffee and Crumbs and the photography and the whole thing? Yeah. So photography, I'm trying to get more into kind of the day in the life type of sessions. That's kind of the next thing that I want to like focus on and kind of switch gears a little bit. I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm over the other types of photo shoots, but I photograph a lot of young families and I'm really just trying to get more into shooting those sessions at home and capturing more of like the day-to-day real life. I'm really interested in that. I'm actually going to a workshop next week in San Francisco to learn how to do that better. And I'm really excited about that. So that's probably what's next for photography. And then Coffee and Crumbs, what's next for us? We have a lot of ideas in the works. They are all slowly but surely coming together. We are really trying to work on our shop right now. I would love for Coffee and Crumbs to be making money so that I can pay the writers who contribute to the site. We all work so hard on our writing and on our essays and just like work so hard to keep the site beautiful and fresh. And I would love for our shop to just take off and start doing better than it has been doing. So we have a lot of new ideas for new products that we want to add. We're working on a mama coffee mug. We're working on a calendar that we're going to release in December. And then we have a lot of ideas for eBooks and e-courses and some other things that we'll probably start pursuing next year. I'm also really interested in doing some like real live events just kind of barely started toying with that idea, but I think we might try to do one next spring here in Sacramento and then see if that goes well. Maybe talk about doing a couple more events in different areas. Sounds awesome. Um, I invite you to let me know so we can, you know, everybody who's listening and all the mamas out there can can help. As a reader of the blog, I wasn't really aware of that stuff. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'd love to know more about it. The shop is new. The shop's only been up for a month, but we're still kind of getting in the swing of like promoting that. And it's been hard for me because I feel like running the shop and making it successful is a full-time job. And I always want my dedication to be on the content, not like the extra stuff, but it's hard. I feel like, yeah, that's, it just, I just need a few more hours every day to to be able to do it better. Just don't sleep. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I already don't sleep because my baby's up every night. But yeah, just not sleep some more, I guess. And I do no, I'm joking. I'm joking. That'd, that'd be so bad. Can you imagine I, how bad that would be? Sleep is very important. The most You're talking to the most sleep-addicted person in the world. Oh my gosh. If people invite me to dinner, I, I feel like crying. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go. I'd rather sleep. I know. I don't think I ever realized how important it was until I went this whole year without sleeping through the night. And now, yeah, I have That's a whole, I, whole I new appreciation. Movies. <laughs> movies like I don't even know what's in the movies nowadays and yeah. I will only allow my husband to choose a documentary on Netflix if it's shorter than an hour yeah. I'm like I can't go to sleep at 10 I know, I know. <laughs> so old. the struggle is real <laughs> the, the struggle is so real thank you so much for being on process thank Ashley. you uh, so much for having me I had a really great time talking to you 
You heard it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ashley, founder of Coffee and Crumbs, photographer and creative explorer. Ashley really made me think about the self-judgment we put ourselves through and how to break through our own mental barriers, especially when it comes to creativity. For those of you that aren't parents, I hope this episode helps you reflect on how you spend your precious time as well. I'll be posting more on where you can find her online in the show notes. So visit process.show for more info. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed my talk with Ashley, how about you hop on over to iTunes and leave a fabulously glowing review. You would make my day. I'll be back next Friday with the next episode of Process and more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making. I'm Marcela, your host, and this was Process. Process.